guys! Hey everybody! How are you doing? This is Zach. This is Stuart. And this is the Back Row Super Show. This is a book club episode. This is episode 9. Right. Yeah. This um, is uh, The Cat Who Walked Through Walls by Heimlin. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Do you know the full title of this book? Uh, no. I, I thought that was the full title. There's a, yeah. So it's The Cat Who Walks Through Walls is what's on the cover. Yeah. And then if you look at the copyright, uh, like the, the LOC mm-hmm. um, index... Um, it's the cat who walks through walls, a comedy of manners. Oh, right. Yes, it's got that little. Uh, yeah. I guess subtitle to it. Yeah. Yeah. So as always, let's let's start off with a little bit of background. Right. Uh, yeah. So this was your your pick. That's right. Um, so in middle school, I really got a fascination with Heinlein's writing. I I read um, the Moon is a Harsh Mistress, um, the Waters of Mars. And storm sh- or starship troopers. Okay. Um, and this was the fourth book that I read. Um, this is kind of he has a uh, a world that he builds. Yeah. Um, so so this is part of of Heinlein's multiverse series. Right. Yes. Um, he was doing like, multiverse before multiverse was cool. Yeah. So and and like you said, it's a sequel to a book called The Number of the Beast and mm-hmm. The Moon is a Harsh Mistress. Yeah. I believe there's another book, too, like Lapis Lazuli or something like that. Yeah, Lapis Lazuli. Lazuli, um, yeah. Um, there's a lot of references in this made to his other works. Um, it kind of assumes that you read everything he puts yeah, out. Yeah, which I was kind of interested what your take is, because this is your first book that you've read of, like, the series? Uh, yeah, so yeah. I did not read the other two. I've read um, Starship Troopers and Stranger in a Strange Land. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I read that one too. Um, Stranger in a Strange Land is. My my knowledge of it is that it's very big in, like, poly communities mm-hmm. because Heinlein himself was, was poly. Yeah. And so there's a lot of references in his world building to how unjust. Um, society's treatment of sex is and how sex is not necessarily love but love it can include sex type stuff Mm -hmm. um let me make an addendment so i said the uh, waters of mars yeah that's a doctor who episode that's a doctor who episode uh i actually meant stranger in the strange land oh okay yeah Uh, i was wondering because i was like i i'm pretty sure that's a doctor who episode I, i don't know why i got those two uh wires crossed there's water in Stranger in a Strange Land and yeah. he's a Martian. Yeah. He's I think, the owner of Mars. Yeah, I think that's probably why those wires got crossed. But yeah. Yeah. A, a Doctor Who episode. <laughs> so I just wanted to make that quick addendment before we got any like emails or anything along those lines. Like, yeah. Don't waters. add us. <laughs> Don't add us. Um, but yeah, so Heinlein is interesting in himself because he was uh, friends with both Isaac Asimov. Yeah. And El Sprague de Camp. Mm-hmm. Um, now, El Sprague de Camp writes fantasy sci-fi, and it's got a more military bent. Both, both, or all three of them actually, I, I believe, worked on the Manhattan Project yeah. in some some ancillary fashion. Uh, they were not actually designers, but but uh, Heinlein and de Camp were actually members of the military. I believe that Asimov was a consultant. Yeah, I, I believe so as well. And you can definitely see that reflected in their writing. Yeah, there's a there's a very militaristic bent to it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, so so that's all the background I have on it. Um, yeah. The we have um, 
So there's there's three sections in this book. Yeah, it's broken up into three sections, and um, it's it's interesting. Um, I feel like there's definitely parts of it where you could have cut it for time. Like this is a over a three hundred page book, so it's it's fairly thick. Yeah, I mean, word count could have been. Um a factor in it being a novel versus a novella. Mm -hmm. So that may be why a lot of this stuff is in there. Right. Um, this largely follows... Uh, well, characters have multiple names in this. Um, yeah. There's a character, which... because he's introduced this way, I will refer to him this way. There's uh, Dr. Richard Ames. Mm -hmm. Who is actually a novelist. Yes. Yeah. He's a novelist, a former military man. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a character named Gwen Novak. Yes. That's introduced um, in the first section. Um, she is uh, kind of a spy, sort of. Kind of, yeah. Um, the the book starts off, so Indifferent Honest starts off with Ames and Novak being on a date. Um, yeah. An unknown man tries to co coerce Ames to kill a senator by cashing in a debt that Ames owes to this unknown organization. Right. Do they ever reference what the debt is? So, it's funny because, like, this part of the book is never really mentioned until the very end of the book, yeah. where he tries to, like, wrap it up. I think he, like, kind of forgets about this part. And then he was he, getting on in years at this point, though. Yeah, so this is one of his uh, older books. Um, yeah, this is 85 is when this came out. So, actually, they reference this um, this interaction at the very end of the book, and it's very haphazardly like, kind of wrapped up. But, yeah, you don't know what the organization is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, in, in this first section, after that guy contacts him, uh, he's mysteriously killed and yeah. whisked away. Uh, like an assassination. Um, Ames and Novak find each other, have sex. Yes. There's a there, there's, there's a lot of sex. In there's this book. several lines. Oh, I'll get to that. Um, <laughs> there's several lines that just are seemingly just put there to reference how big of an impressive Ames's dick is. Yeah, <laughs> which is weird <laughs> because I. I don't need to know, like, it's yeah. a character. I don't need to know how big and impressive his dick is. Um, Unless the book really revolves around how big and impressive his dick is. But yeah. this, this book, um, there's a lot of references to it. I think going to see, like, with, it, with all the sex references and stuff, like, why a young, uh, impressionable kid in uh, middle school would be like, ah, yeah, this is like, yeah. this is hot. Yeah, but, but like, this this <laughs> book is not quite as tasteful as, like, Stranger in a Strange Land has some gross scenes in it, if yeah. I remember right, but it's not as, like, subtle or as tastefully done, and yeah. that might have been because I think Stranger in a Strange Land was written in the 60s, not the 80s. Yeah, I, I really think, like, um, his word choices in this book are kind of, like, jarring a little bit yeah especially when he's talking about sex it's like uh that's yeah yeah like, so so Ames and Novak marry each other um which is as simple as pulling up the wall computer and yeah. going hey we're married now and then it like um, prints out a uh, receipt where yeah. it's like and here's they, our marriage certificate they do this to avoid prosecution for the murder right yeah which um, is odd but okay they they go on the run 
Mm-hmm. They're charged with murder yeah. and oh. become part of this gigantic plot that's going on in the background. Yeah, and they also pick up like this uh, this random kid who they kind of like adopt. Yeah, Bill. Bill, yeah. Yeah. Which is like, and I know we're kind of going through the um, the story, but like a lot of this stuff is written, and um, I think it's kind of like I really think that the world that he's built is really interesting, but the characters that he writes are very poorly executed or, like, realized. Yeah. A lot of these characters are just, um, like, super characters. They're, they're characters Mary for, for you to insert yourself. Yeah. And maybe that's why he wrote about, like, the large penis, so you can, like, insert yourself in there and be like, yeah, I'm a big dick swinging dude or something like that. I don't know. I feel like if an author is taking his his version oh, of, this of is... himself in the book and writing about how big his dick is, I feel like that means the exact opposite if you feel you have to point it out. Uh, no, I don't think he's writing about himself. I think he's giving a vessel for the reader to like insert himself into. Oh. Because well. I definitely think this is written for more of a male perspective than anything else. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, like, I think his target audience when he was writing this was a uh, male perspective. And I really think that the main character is a vessel for you to sort of put yourself into. Yeah. And be like, I'm this, like... Because the main character has absolutely no flaws. Like... Yeah, he's a Marty he's, Sam. He's awesome at everything. The one thing that he's, uh, I guess, is a flaw is he has a fake leg, but yeah. even that gets fixed in the middle of the book. So yeah. he just becomes even awesomer. So yeah, and and that's one of the uh, pitfalls for me is there is no character growth in this book. Yeah, and I want to see like struggle. I want to see you know somebody learn about themselves like uh overcome certain obstacles uh really there's nothing like that in this book even um Gwen is a super badass woman which is awesome um to see but like there is no character growth with her as well yeah like she just stays the same exact person and that just gets so dull and boring for me yeah and, you know, I can sort of see why this interests me when I was a younger kid, because I hadn't, like, read a lot of things. So I was like, ah, this is cool. Like, it's Heimlin sci-fi. writes... sci-fi. Yeah, and Heimlin writes really good, like, action scenes. Like, his action scenes are, yeah. I think, are well put together. Yeah. But there's so little of that. Like, I feel like it's bookend at in the middle of the book. Like, at the beginning, there's, like, a cool action scene where, like, they're trying to escape and get into like the um the spaceship that they rent from like this thing called jet or something like that like a yeah. reference to jet blue yeah the uh yeah the old like air um well so yeah they they strong arm their way out of the satellite which yeah. you'll notice i'm bringing it up now because this is at the point in the story where they reference that they're on the golden rule habitat yeah so they're they're on a space station but this is the first time he's felt the need to mention, mention that, that they're, they're on a space station. station. Yeah, um, and they they do this by going into like you said a rented space boat, mm-hmm. which um, hilariously I don't know why Heinlein felt the need to include this, but it's a Volvo. Yeah, but it's um, a shitty Volvo. Like it breaks down. It, yeah, it was <sighs> poorly maintained, and it crashes so badly that they almost get killed while traveling to the moon. Yeah, 
Um, and again, it's it's him, the main character, Guinevere, and Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's the first section mm-hmm. of the book. The second section starts, uh, it's Deadly Weapon. Yeah. Uh, they get rescued. Um, there's kind of a bureaucratic nightmare in trying to get help. Yeah. they've crash-landed. So they've got to fill out all this paperwork. And then, um, and I, I do think Kymlin writes interesting, like, stories on, like, bureaucracy and, like, government stuff. And I think, again, he's pulling that from his own experience. And he writes a lot about that in his other books, like our Starship Troopers. Yeah. There's the whole, like, bureaucracy there, um, which is a very interesting book. Nothing like the movie. I would recommend reading the book, too. I kind of recommend. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, there's the whole, like, bureaucracy on, like, the crash landing. It's about, like, also, you have to purchase air. Air is something that's... Uh, so, I did want to talk about that yeah. sound. So, I do think that this, this city, uh, Hong Kong Luna, mm-hmm. um, is really cool. There's a cool idea. They, um, they When they enter Luna City, they buy these air chits. Yeah. Um, there's different native versus tourist rates. Yeah. <laughs> the, like, Mary Sue-ish aspect that I found, though, was, like, of course, Ames is also a native of... Oh Hong yeah, Kong Luna. Sure, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I also kind of found that Hong Kong Luna was kind of xenophobic. Yeah, despite him being a native of the city, like the yeah. characters very like these guys are a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it, it, yeah, it's kind of weird. There's a love hotel situation. Yeah, which um, was like very unnecessary, and then like more sex gets poured into it. It's yeah, because like, there's oh, a subservient okay. woman at the hotel. Um, she like hints around at like, we can have a three-way, right? And yeah. it's, it's very weird Yeah, that, that he just introduces this random, here's here's a hotel where you pay by the hour. Sex, yeah. Um, I'm like it would be like trying like your concierge checking you into a hotel also trying to have sex with you yeah. and your partner like it's it's just a very odd detail for him yeah. to include and, and again it doesn't like progress the story nope. it doesn't like progress any character growth because there is no character growth it just seems weirdly ham-handed in because like he was like oh I won't write about a threesome maybe or like you know, throw in some sexy stuff. And, the, again, the thing is, like, in all of his books that I've read, like, all of the women are super highly attractive. Like, yeah, all women, I guess, in his eyes are, like, you know, these super attractive women. And, like, if you're not attractive, then you're not, like, a quote-unquote woman, which is a bad concept. And something that I really dislike. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it, oh, and I see in my notes here where I said he's a native of course. Yeah. Um the diff- like no he's not. He's just lying with fake papers. Oh, okay. Um Yeah. Yeah, no. He he, he has some some odd views about women that we'll, we'll get into a yeah. little bit later. But um in in the scene where they get to to Hong Kong Luna, uh Ames and Gwen fight and separate because of this weird libertarian rant that he goes on. Yeah. Um, he takes this stance that Gwen is paying for Bill's air chits. Um, and it, like he's angry because Gwen gave him money and mm-hmm. he could have paid for his own. 
Yeah. But Ames also uses Gwen's bottomless pit of money, My, too. Yeah. It's like, it's like, okay, but so you're married, but, like, why are you being so weirdly libertarian about this? I, like, yeah. she's buying him air chits. And it's so strange, because, like, Bill is this, like, he is so dedicated to yeah. these two people, because they've, like, rescued them, taken them out of a bad situation, and stuff like that. And he's been there thick and thin, and then they end up having this argument, and it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so strange, and it's weird that they, like, separate, like, out of the blue, yeah. especially when they're on the run, and... Well, I, I, so I feel like that, like, it was just used as a, as a character moment to trigger the next, like, few scenes. Yeah. Because after this, they, re- they reconcile, reunite. And Bill kind of becomes this villainish person. Like, he leads attackers to them. And it's such a weird turn for Bill, too. Because, again, no real character growth. No real, like, character concept. It's like, in the first part of the book, Bill's so dedicated to them. He's, you know, like, through thick and thin. I'm your, like, squire. I'm here to help. You guys took me out of this bad situation. And then just on a dime, he's like, well... Time to betray them. And it's like, yeah. no, you need to set that up. Yeah. You need to set that up for a good story. I think that's what story. he's trying to do here by having Ames be like, you should pray for him. Yeah, but it's so, like, Because that's weird. the same as giving him a death sentence and saying, like, he should just die. Yeah, but, like, it, it comes out of nowhere. I think yeah. it's like, Heimlin's like, oh, I should have, like, have him betray them. How, how do I do that? Oh, oh quickly write this, because it, it happens just instantly like he goes on that rant then bill's like oh time to betray him yeah and it, it i can just sort of like see heimland's writing notes like i want to hit this beat then i want to hit this beat and it just it's poor writing to me at this point in time yeah because again i've i'm rereading this book like i read this book in middle school when I was uh, much younger, when I was first, like, sort of exploring the world of literature. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. And then when we were talking about doing the book report, I remember, like, oh, I really enjoyed this book. Why don't we read this book? And then I reread it. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't good at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of, I did the same thing with um, Eaters of the Dead. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, spoilers on our uh, opinions on this book. Yeah. Um, so, in the chase, Ames gets shot in his good leg. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gwen triggers a T-shift. And there's some weirdo sex stuff is the note that I have here. Yep, more weirdo sex stuff. Um, there's a scene, I want to say, where, where Ames is like... He's not portrayed in any other situation to be like a hebophile or a pedophile but he like like sidles up to this like 13 year old and it's just like yeah. hey and is super flirty with her and it's like you're in your 50s man yeah like, what are you doing what, like, why you? would you put this in here yeah like I don't why, understand why, why do you write about this because other than setting up something that happens later with the same character yeah, but again, it's like you have no character growth. Like, yeah, why? like he's just this dude walking around with this big, impressive dick and trying to put it in as many people as possible. Ah, uh, it's 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 rough. Yeah, 
but he's doing it in space, so it's sci-fi. Um, the the uh, so the third section is the light at the end of the tunnel, and yeah. so they T shift, which is uh, it, it, that's a contraction for time shift. Time shift, right? yeah. And then you end up like meeting the time uh, like ban- not time cop space. Yeah, like so. There's a T shift to a hospital, so yeah. you can get fixed. Uh, so he has. Both good legs now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a planet that's thousands of years in the future, because mm-hmm. you can go to the future. Yeah. Um, Iowa on Earth and Ames's past. <laughs> uh, and places like yeah. that. Like, it's really weird that he introduced this concept of a time shift, but you can go to the future, but their whole thing is going in the past to fix situations. Like, yeah. So, like, it's very on its face, even on its face without thinking too hard about it, it's paradoxical. It, like, and, it and is. And in 1985, like, I get it if this book came out in, like, the 40s or 50s, maybe, people not being, like, too worried that's, about that. Yeah, too yeah. worried about it. But, like, this is 1985. Like, there's yeah. media that's come out that's like that. So, it's like this plane that has different, like, uh, time. Or time uh, areas existing in it. Yeah. Where you have, like, this advanced future place, but then you can go into, like, past Iowa, which is a time paradox. But don't worry about that because it's A-OK. We've got the time cops here. Yeah. And, um... uh, Yeah, which they convince Ains to join the time core. Yeah, and the convincing isn't really, like, much convincing. Yeah, it's just like, hey... Hey, we're good people. You should help us steal this computer. And he's like, okay, sounds good. Yeah, they're they're trying to steal... um, Well, they don't present it that... So, Adam Selene is the name of of an instrumental Luna founding father. Yeah. Um, Secretly, he was an AI. And -hmm. so they're trying to liberate Adam Selene for reasons... Um, um, and that actually referenced one of his books, uh, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress, yeah. where you get introduced to that AI, yeah. who can basically um, complex, or uh, put in complex like equations and figure out like different time dilation uh, universes and stuff like that. And apparently this organization needs that to... like figure out different uh, multiverses and everything along those lines. Yeah. Which, you know, is interesting. It's definitely an interesting concept. It was kind of cool, but, like, yeah, they don't really go into much detail other than, like, we need to get this uh, AI. And if you've never read that book, The Moon is a Horse Mistress, you really don't get why they want to rescue that AI. Yeah, which yeah, I was just like, this is okay. They don't really go into it. Yeah, okay. That's why I said like for reasons. Yeah, like you don't know the reasons, but since I've read the book, it's like, oh well, yeah. I know. Yeah, but um, the future is really weird. Uh, it's <laughs> yes. kind of standard Heinlein bullshit, though. It's 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 a weird mix of polyamory and yeah. then also misogyny, which yeah doesn't work. Like basically, his argument is that women should be able to sleep with whichever men they want to because that means that the men are getting laid yeah like that's that seems to be what his philosophy is because he doesn't have anything in there about like you know gay people yeah he really like turns um, up his nose on like women on women and stuff like that like yeah and it's like a woman has a relationship with another woman that's bad it's like like, but but dude you were like interested in having a three-way with two women so yeah like what do you like 
what do you think that's going to be? Yeah. He, uh, yeah. It, so it gets into this weird, weird, yeah, like, sex stuff. and Yeah, uh, there's lots of his, his weird sexual ideologies. Um, and like, again, it borderlines on wish fulfillment. It almost. does. Like, it, it's, it seems like a wish fulfillment fantasy of his of, I wish society were this way, where yeah. only the rich people could get along and... And, and that's the thing is like it's a wish fulfillment from the writer not the actual character like, yeah he's writing so much of his own ideology into the book it becomes like it doesn't become a s- fictional story it just comes like a weird manifesto of like this is how I wish the world would be and yeah wouldn't this be awesome because look at all these awesome characters doing it it's cool well so it's funny. I have written down. It's almost like Ayn Rand's John Galt section in Atlas Shrugged. Have yeah. you ever read that? Um, I've not read it, but I've heard about it. So, in in Atlas Shrugged, there's a section where a character named John Galt has. It's basically a manifesto. It's a rant. Like, yeah. It, it, it's a rant. It's a monologue that lasts. I want to say like fifty or sixty pages. Yeah. It's like. And it could a- have been an essay that she wrote rather mm-hmm. than this 1,400-page novel that is bullshit on its face. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, but if you like Atlas Shrugged and you feel like it's it's well, a great world to live in, um, just stop listening. We wouldn't get along. Um, <laughs> the, great. You're telling people to stop listening. I, I mean, if they buy into Ayn Rand bullshit, yeah, sure. I'd, I'd rather them not. Um, True. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's a weird people who don't like cats or evil type trope in this yeah, section which is too. Strange. Like, like it, it comes I out of the blue again. Well, like, like I was, I was like, is this a thing? And so I looked it up on uh, on TV tropes, and apparently Heinlein has this in like almost every book. Where oh, really? He was apparently a cat person, okay. and if you don't like cats, then you have to be a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> strange. Yeah. Again, yeah. when he writes these books, he just like he's writing for himself. He's really writing yeah. for his own personal, like, what he likes, what he believes, and it's heavily, heavily weighted in that area. Yeah. Which kind of ends up really making the story that much weaker. <coughs> Bless you. <coughs> Bless you again. You okay? Yeah. Is it the cats? Yeah. It- you must be an evil person. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You're allergic to cats. I I have cats. I'm not sure if you're going to keep this in or not, but I have cats. Unfortunately, Zach is allergic to cats. Very so, much so. Um, if we were in Heimlin, <laughs> uh universe, I'd be the good guy, and Zach would be the evil person. Oh, sure. <laughs> I think we should keep this in. Okay. All right. Me sneezing. Um... Okay, yeah, I sneezed everybody. There's cats involved. Uh, I'm a bad guy. Uh, So, the last note that I have on the book, actually, is that it's actually mm, the part that I liked the most in it. Yeah, again, Which is the ending. Yeah, which Um, is very action-packed. He writes action very well. And that's why I think Starship Troopers is kind of his stronger book. Yeah. Because it's more action-oriented than, like... At the very beginning of that book, he does get into his, like, themes of what he thinks government should be and what people should be and right. the whole, like, you know, 
having uh, unisex bathrooms and um, yeah, yeah, the showers so guys can. It's weird. Anyway, um, but his action parts are actually very interesting. Like yeah, the well, and in the ending that I liked is um, it's very much like Butch Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever seen Butch Cassidy? Yeah, on mm-hmm. yeah, like. For anyone who doesn't know, that movie is about um, these two characters end up at the Alamo, and the movie ends with them running into, running out of the Alamo to fight the Mexican army. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, spoilers for that movie that's fifty years old, but yeah. um, it like the way that that movie ends is like the way this book ends, where it's like, well, do they die? Like, yeah, they probably die, right? But you're not telling us, so maybe they don't. Yeah. Um, which I, I like that. I like that uncertainty. Yeah. And again, you know, he writes a lot of um, different books in this universe. And there's that whole, like, time jump thing. So I really didn't get if they died, they could always be pulled from another timeline and, like, you know, change different paths and stuff. Yeah. Which, you know, when you're writing about, like, time travel, it's kind of like, I guess, a... Um, uh, an ace up your sleeve because you can always like oh that was a different timeline or something along those lines yeah and um unfortunately he just doesn't write time travel well again with the whole like paradoxical situation exactly um not having a great understanding of like what you can and can't do with time travel because he just sort of uses it as a fix-all where yeah. like there are characters who uh, die in his other books, but they're actually around because different timelines. Yeah, it's a different timeline. So, Everyone's happy. Yeah, so it's 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 strange, but um, I guess just to kind of like summarize. Um, yeah, because I I do have end goal feelings. Yeah. Um. I. So like I said at the um, beginning of the podcast, I read this book when I was a uh, a young lad, um, in middle school. And I can sort of see, like, why I liked it at that point in time. Like, sure. you know, um, it was a... I was going through puberty, so, like, reading about sex was like, ooh, this is taboo and, like, hot and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the characters are easy vessels to, like, put yourself into and, like, oh, this person's super awesome. I want to be a super awesome person. And, like... I didn't really have a good understanding of what, like, good writing was versus what bad, campy writing yeah. was. <laughs> so I can definitely see why I was sort of fascinated about that book at that time. Yeah. But now, like, rereading that book as a, uh, a young adult, um, having read other books, um, I, would, I would like to think that I'm well-read. Yeah. Um, I can see a lot of the pitfalls... And a lot of, like, hacky sort of writing um, uh, processes that he uses. Um, and it's just, it's kind of cringy. Like, as I was reading the book, I realized that you were reading the book for the first time. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Zach's not going to like this. Yeah, well, I mean, so, so yeah, here's, here's my three basic points here. Is yeah. that, like, a lot of Heinlein, like, because this isn't unusual to his style of yeah. writing. So I, I knew kind of what I was getting into. Yeah, because you have read previous Yeah, because I've, I've read other books of his. But like a lot of his stuff, it's very dry and it's very ranty. 
So it if is. you don't mind that style of writing, um, you might like this. Yeah. Um, there's lots of sexual stuff sprinkled throughout. Um, mm-hmm. it, it would have been transgressive of him for this book to come out in the 60s. Yeah. Just like Stranger in a Strangeland was. But by the time the mid-80s roll around, it's kind of cliche and it's borderline creepy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing is that all the scenes that you would like want to, I don't know pleasure yourself to I guess it's all ellipses anyway so yeah. and I don't know if that's because of the the time that Heinlein came out of where that's just what you did in sci-fi you just or like that was like forward or turn the lights off yeah like, or that was his editor being like yeah we can't have 300 <laughs> pages about how awesome this dick is yeah. um I already gave you one instance so. yeah <laughs> um so yeah like it's all ellipses anyway mm. uh, so it's not overly graphic so I, I can definitely see why that might appeal to like a middle schooler yeah you know, going through puberty or whatever um it doesn't really resolve anything in the story like it doesn't did Gwen kill Schultz the guy at the beginning what happened because to Bill Ames finds... Yeah, what happened to Bill? A- uh, Ames finds a dart gun and then spent darts in her weird TARDIS purse. Yeah. D- is what, she the one who assassinated? Like, did she kill him? Yeah. Like, who knows? They, they At don't the very beginning. really go into it. And again, yeah, like, I think with Heinlein's writing, like, he... I don't know if he didn't, like, plan this out well or if he was kind of, like, writing the book in the moment. Yeah. Um, because he leaves a lot of loose ends... And again, like, this reference... That's the sense I get. I, I get the feeling it's like a NaNoWriMo. Yeah, yeah. where he just kind of, like, writes it as he's writing it. Like, he doesn't have an outline. He doesn't really have it well planned out or anything yeah. like that. He writes it, and then, like, a, a theme pops in his head. He's like, oh, I want to write about that. And then he writes, like, 100 pages, and then he's like, oh, I didn't resolve that one thing at the very beginning of the book. Let me uh quickly write something that resolves it. Uh, yeah. Or, or let me leave it open-ended or something like that. And it's it's very um, stream of conscious, kind of. Yeah. And um, I just, I, I think that's sloppy writing. And um, I don't I don't like it. <laughs> I don't. Um, you've, you've grown as a person rather yeah, than yeah. any of his characters. Yeah. <laughs> I, I grew. I adapted. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting because, again, a lot of his characters are left just you don't know um even the whole like theme about like the cat walking through walls it's like the cat walking through different dimensions and stuff like that and it's again very lightly touched on yeah and um he doesn't really go into it much it's just like this cat that can exist in multiple areas because it's in different timelines and things along those lines and again doesn't really explain too much of it it's like time travel it's time travel because it's time travel yeah um, and yeah, if you haven't really read any of his other books in this universe, um, there are characters that are referenced that are from his different books. Um, you wouldn't really understand like the wink, wink, nod, nod, because yeah. he doesn't have the time to explain things because he wants to talk about like his uh, dick, yeah, or his like personal opinions on government and things along those lines. Yeah, there's a lot of rants in here about government. Yeah. And it's the more of, like, uh, it's it's a really weird and, I mean, I didn't agree with some of his, like, 
views did you agree with no. yeah no not at all yeah i mean it just it's jarring and you know me man i did not agree with any of his yeah. views on <laughs> i know where it's like where corporations are like yeah so your friend corporations are never your friend guys. yeah yeah so it's just it's things that i don't really agree with so it's even a harder read and it's a long book it is a long book like the middle of the book really kind of drags. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I'm sure people have probably come to the assumption where I don't think I would recommend this book. I think I think that there's better of his books if you want, like, a sense of who Heimlin is as a writer. Yeah. Um, again, this is one of his later books, so maybe he did it because he needed some cash or... Yeah, maybe, maybe he had some medical bills or something. Or something, because it doesn't seem like a necessary book to have written. It doesn't seem like he really planned it. Again, like, I don't think he had, like, an outline for it. I don't think he really, like, he was like, oh, I should write this book because I feel like this story really needs to be told. Yeah. I think he wrote the book because he's like, time to make some money. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, so I think this is probably, like, one of his weakest books yeah so if somebody would be like oh i'm really interested in heimland's writing about like some of his start uh, elsewhere start yeah. elsewhere i would highly recommend starting elsewhere probably starship troopers, starship troopers um, maybe stranger in a strange land if that's like your jam yeah if you want to read about like polyamorous polyamorous stuff, stuff yeah yeah like stranger in a strange land is good yeah um, i mean god yeah that book's all over that, like, It's, community. I mean, it's still ranty in places, but it's not like this. Yeah, and again, it's more ranty, not on government, it's more ranty on, like, Sexual free love and yeah. stuff like that. Um, I really don't think he goes much into, like, government stuff in that book. He does kind of, because kind the of. Uh, main character is the owner of Oh, Mars. right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, that, most of his books I read were in middle school and I haven't like felt the need to revisit those books yes. and like actually rereading this book I'm really not going to revisit these books and yeah. if somebody was like oh would you recommend Heinlein as an author should I read some of his books I'd probably steer you away to somebody like somebody more classic like maybe iRobot or yeah. um, you know some of the other classic like sci-fi 80s writers because there's a lot of good ones that are that are out there yeah. who aren't as like preachy or like have their own agenda when writing yeah like I feel like Bradbury and Asimov mm -hmm. um, I don't like they they do a better job of of letting their the world speak on mm -hmm. their views and be like okay here's this issue I'm writing about but here's the world it's in. Whereas Heinlein is just like, this is the issue. Here's this world, by the way, but fuck this issue. And here's where they're wrong. And blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, he's your, he's your weirdo, maybe uncle. racist, yeah. maybe misogynist uncle who, like, yeah. comes to Thanksgiving and just rants about the world. Yeah, and, and you're like, uncle, I just like, want to eat just, this turkey. Let me eat this turkey. Let me stuff my face with these mashed potatoes. Yeah. But he has an agenda. He's like, I yeah. gotta tell you this. Yeah. And the thing is, like, the agenda comes from the main character. 
and that really like distance yourself from the main character especially when he's trying to make the reader the main, main character. character yeah he's like you're the main character and you have these views so i can sort of see like how he's trying to press his views on people and Which I'm just, like, I do not appreciate that. Yeah. You can take that elsewhere, buddy. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, rereading that, like, it it was very cringy. And I felt a little bad, like, kind of making you read this book. Nah. Be, yeah. Well, I mean... I read quickly. I think I read this in, like, a week or so. Yeah. Like it's, and I do think that there is some validity of, like, reading bad books just to be like, this is a bad book. Yeah. Because... It, it lets you kind of gauge what good writing looks like. Yeah. You, you know, like, if I had only read Heinlein, it, it would... I would have weird views. I don't think I would be the same person. Yeah. Me too. And but, like, like we, reading a breadth of things, good and bad, I think, is, is a good... It gives you a good opinion on yeah. certain things. Yeah. Where you can kind of make these critical, like, decisions or critical, like, thoughts of what is good and what is bad yeah. and again you know with all of these podcasts these are our opinions yeah we're coming at it from like our own personal experiences and you know when i was younger i was a little bit more impressionable like i didn't know much about the world so when i read these books i thought that these books were good and you know i never revisited them so that i still had that impression in my mind and like rereading it, yeah, it's 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 not that great. And I would probably so Alvatin, what would you what would you give this? One? Well, let's save ratings for oh, the end. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about being sleazy producers. Okay. Right? And again, I'm not always the best at this because. Yeah names and actors and actresses yeah. i don't really know what you were saying you think this was already adapted i i miss i misspoke but i, I don't yeah okay so, so it's not even like part of a like a, a an anthology no okay. i i looked it up while we were uh out doing our break gotcha and i saw that it was not <laughs> oh okay gotcha yeah. well so so for richard ames slash colonel colin campbell yeah uh i have mads mickelson who, what was he? Uh, he was Hannibal. Oh. TV show Hannibal. Oh, He's yeah. He's Le Chief in um, uh, Casino Royale. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Um, I'm He's probably, kind of a sleazy, smarmy dude. I'm probably bowing out on this one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So, this is all, all you, Zach. So, Gwen Novak slash Hazel Stone, I have Thandie Newton. She's on uh, Westworld. Oh, okay. You know, I kind of envisioned... Um, Oh, what's her name? From Kill Bill? Um, Uma Thurman? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Probably be a little bit more age-appropriate, too. Um, yeah. Bill, I have Danny McBride. Just a huge idiot man-child. Yeah. I was thinking uh, Zach Fanat. Galifianakis? Yeah. 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 I, same. They're pretty much the same. Same, yeah. Um, Troy Mu, who is the Hong Kong Luna detective that we didn't talk about because mm. he's in there for a few lines. Yeah. Um, I got Donnie Yen. Uh, who was he? He, uh, in Rogue One, he's the, um, blind force sensitive Oh, okay. Guy. I, um, just because it popped out of my head, I said I was bowing out, but now I'm actually uh, <laughs> contributing. Um, the first person that popped in my mind, um, again, don't know the name. Uh, the detective, the older detective in Detective Pikachu. Have you seen Detective Pikachu? The 
older detective. You know the older one uh, who told talked about his. I've seen it, but I can't remember who that is. Yeah, but you know who I'm yeah, talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, no, that would actually work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh God, what is his name? Because he, he's an in Inception too. Yeah, he is. He's the um. Ken Watanabe. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um. And uh, let's see, Jubal Harshaw, I have Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> um, That's a good one. Yeah, I don't think I can. Lazarus Long, I have Jesse Eisenberg. Who? Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah. He's uh, he's in Zombieland. He's uh, Mark oh. Zuckerberg in Social Network. Okay, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's I a like good one. that casting like... because he's so much younger than, like, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. It would be weird because Lazarus Long is, like, his grandfather. Yeah. Well, he's kind of slimy. But because of the T-shift thing, I think that would work. Yeah, he's yeah. very sleazy and yeah. too. There's an actual book that's just dedicated to that particular character. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to read it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't read it either. Um, and then for Gretchen, who is the 13-year-old that Ames hits on, but then she T-shifts, yeah. and she's an adult, and then doesn't he get her pregnant? Yep, because it's yeah, A-okay. Because it's A-okay. It's um, so strange. I have uh, Haley Stanfield. She was the main character in Bumblebee. Oh, I have no way for that. Um, I, I feel like the way that this book is laid out, though, like you couldn't make it a movie. It'd oh, have to be like no. an HBO show. You'd have to have top-notch writers fixing all of this shit. Yeah, um, I, I But don't it'd think... have to be HBO, because there's got to be fucking in it, right? Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't think it would be a good show even to watch, though. No. Like, because you would have to cut out... Actually, I could just see it being a movie and, like, cutting out a lot of stuff. Like, sort of make it as oh, a, yeah, that, a weird little heist movie yeah. where they spend, like, ten minutes getting out of the... Um, or ten minutes on the assassination, ten minutes getting out of the city, like, establishing the T-base really early. Yeah. And then, like, actually going in... Like, the last part of the book would be the majority of the movie. Yeah, that makes sense. Since that would be your, like... Since that had the most plot in it. Sure. Was, like, the last part of it. Yeah. So you'd just cut out, like, everything, like, all the relationships and stuff like that. And just, like, really focus on just the heist at the very end. Sure. Yeah. I, I think that would probably be the best. And, again, it would just probably be, like, an hour and a half movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's what I would sort of envision. Um, okay, well, so with that, let's go into grades. Yeah. Um, this is your book. What would your A to F grade be? I would probably give it a D minus. Oh, okay. That's uh, That actually lines up with kind of what I gave it. I gave it a D. Okay. Um, I think I was generous and gave it a D just because... Heinlein is one of the like pillars of early American sci-fi. Yeah, and you know, so you have to judge someone by the the time that they're in. Like, you can't like it's wrong of me to judge him for his views in in twenty nineteen because I mean he's been dead a while. But I feel like even judging him by the by the the times of when this book came out. Yeah. Like, it's still questionable, some of the things that he does. And that's the thing, is, like, if somebody talked to me about this book, like, oh, should I read this book? I would give them other recommendations from Highland. Yeah. I, I would say if you wanted, like, 
a better read and an understanding of who the guy is because you get an understanding of who the guy is from this book but it's not like he's not a good guy yeah it doesn't paint a good picture um there are other books that are a little bit more i guess fascinating to read yeah because he really doesn't like um he lets go of his pedal a little bit uh for car analogy like he slams on his opinions on this book. Like it's very just, heavily. Yeah. It's just dripping with opinions. Oh yeah. And um, and again, he's sort of using the story and the characters as a vehicle to get across his opinions. Um, and like his other books are still heavily have his opinions on it, but it's not as like obvious. Yeah. Like there's a story in there. Like there. And again, maybe I'm being a little harsh, but there's not really a story in here. Like, yeah, there's a little bit of a story at the very beginning and the very end, but there's not All really. All of it would a... have been like it seems like it's a book made up of beginnings. Like, there's interesting scenes, but he, they don't go anywhere, and yeah. they just move on to the next scene without really resolving. Yeah, and then there's a bunch of scenes about his opinion. Yeah, about like what he thinks about like corporations and about sex and about women and stuff like that it's just like ah no that's that's not really what i signed up for i wanted a story a sci-fi story where you can sort of like see a progression and just this just isn't it yeah so um that's why i probably gave it the d minus um because i do feel like you can glean something about this book you can glean like what a poorly written book is. Sure. You can... He has his ideas. They are, you know, bad ideas. Or, from my personal opinion, they're they're not great ideas, but, like, you can see ideas in the book. They're yeah. super heavy-handed, and they beat you over the head, but... That's a lot of early sci-fi, though. Yeah. 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 Um, and there's definitely, like, other books, if you're interested in this author, to read. Yeah. Um, that's kind of why it gets the D minus for me. Like, okay. I don't think... Again, I would recommend this book to really anybody. And um, it really, like... You know, I thought maybe before I had read this book, I was like, oh, I'd read this book and I would, like, capture the magic, the youth that I had back in uh, my younger age sure. in Immen. Then I was like, ah, oh, man, I was just a stupid kid back then. Like... <laughs> I don't want to reread any of his books. Like, it's bad when, you know, you read somebody's books and you reread one of their books and it just sort of, it wards you away from rereading anything else. Right. So. No, I I agree. Like I said, I I think I was a little bit more lenient given his stature in the history of sci-fi. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I, I really wouldn't recommend this one yeah. to anyone. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, again, you kind of, you have to have some bad with good. Like, we're not going to, I guess, uh, review all good books. Yeah, because, um, I mean, I'm sure that I, I have some stinkers coming up. Yeah, so, um, and I think that, you know, it does give you, um, a good uh, perspective of what makes a good book. Yeah. By reading some some stinkers, unfortunately, you know, I don't think I wasted my time reading this book. Sure. Um, because you know, I sort of realized what uh, makes a good book, at least for me. 
Yeah. So, so yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, so that's uh, that's probably a show. Yeah, sorry to like, kind um, of end on a bummer note. Um, well, so the good news is um, we can announce the next book club, yeah, what? which is uh, my choice. It's uh, taking a page out of your book and choosing a, like a, a staple of old sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, Ray Bradbury's uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes from yeah. 1962. And you know, uh, this is the first time I've read that book. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good. So I, I'm coming with fresh eyes, too. Yeah, this is one that I read... I was probably in fourth or fifth grade. It's um, Was it a, um, a book that... Like your elementary school made you read, or was it something? No, it was just one that I found on the um, the shelf in the school library because nice. I was like, "Oh, Ray Bradbury, what's this? Yeah. Martian Chronicles, Halloween Tree, <laughs> something wicked this way comes." Oh, he wrote the Halloween Tree. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's another Disney movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. it's it's very very wow. good. Like Disney, I don't think it's Disney. I think it's. Um, oh. It might be Hanna Barbera. Okay. Yeah, yeah. like. So I didn't realize um, that something wicked comes this way, or something wicked this way comes. Comes, yeah, yeah. Uh, was made into a movie. Yeah, it's an older movie. I haven't seen it in twenty years. Yeah, but I remember it being pretty good. But yeah, you know, I'm going to. So I actually have access to it. I'm going to read the book and then watch the movie and then come with both of those pieces of knowledge to okay. the next uh, next uh, book well, club. Cool. Awesome. Well, we'll uh, we'll do that in probably a few weeks. Yeah. Um, when you guys will hear it, um, and then yeah, I guess until then, go to our Facebook. It's Back Row Super Show. Four separate words. We have a nerd fight going on. Where Ciao. if you like our page, subscribe, um, like the post, or share, share the post, or vote, you get entered into a drawing for a super secret prize. It's fantastic. Uh, which we will announce um, yeah. during the coverage episode. Yeah. So, um, and again, you can always email us too at uh, su- our back, back row super, super show, show at gmail.com. Um, just let us know um, any sort of notes, any sort of, um, uh, I guess criticisms, constructive criticisms you have, or just let us know that you really like the show. Um, definitely love reading those kind of emails. Um, and um, you can even uh, send some suggestions. Maybe you guys have a uh, particular book that you love. Yeah. Uh, we're always, you know, reading those emails. And yeah. We appreciate it. Um, and then if you wanted to be a Patreon subscriber, um, Patreon subscribers get access to, like, writing, maybe things we throw up there, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, being a, a subscriber actually gets you, uh, kind of puts a vote into what type of coverage we do. Um, yeah. Uh, at one, one goal level, uh, you can, you know, start seeing, uh, we'll, we'll put monthly gaming videos up. Yeah, um, where we play a couple of games. Um, probably games that we've talked about on our Me, Me, Me shows. So, yeah. 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 Um, so, another tier will be a chronological watch of Pixar movies, mm-hmm. and then another tier will be a chronological watch of Studio Ghibli movies. Yeah. Um, which we are both fans of, both yeah. properties. And, um, um, we, you know, that's definitely a, a, a big ask, uh, since there's a lot, but... I yeah. love those movies. I love doing like the research on it. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's see if we can hit some of those goals. Yeah, 
yeah um and then yeah that should be it we'll uh, we'll be back be back next week with a bebop uh, bebop and rocksteady <laughs> well, not bebop and rocksteady although there are giant uh animals in it uh yep. oaksha yeah so uh keep your eye out for that yeah uh, other than that we'll see you guys later yeah remember be kind and rewind stay golden see ya